You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan, as always. But today, we are very excited to be joined by a special guest, Arizona Coyotes General Manager Bill Armstrong. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks, well, thanks for joining for, us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, quite a setup. I'm very, very impressed. Uh, we got the beer fridge, <laughs> uh, foosball over there. I feel very relaxed. Uh, so it's it's really a good setup. I, I'm I'm very impressed. Is the is the chair big enough to hold you, buddy? Uh, <laughs> is that a weight comment or is that a size comment? I'm not sure, but uh, I'm just going to go with it's a size comment. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, we're obviously here to talk about a lot of different topics. You've yeah. been talking a lot, a lot about these already all season. Yeah. But let's 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 roll through a lot of different topics and yeah. let's let's start with the team. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they've been losing a lot of games. They won last night, of course, yeah. against Vegas. Um, yeah. But it's been a tough run. Um, they've lost eleven of the past thirteen. Clearly, you're in rebuild mode, Bill, with yeah. a desire to acquire assets, draft as high and as often as possible. Yeah. How do you balance that need with trying to stay competitive, trying to keep the players both engaged in in a positive mindset? It is it is a tough thing yeah. um, because there's a lot of different things coming at you. Um, you feel for the fans, number one. Uh, you feel for the players, and also internally the coaching staff and the morale that that happens when you go through it. It's it's uh, whenever you're losing that amount of games, it, it's uh, it, it takes its toll on everybody. Um, we try to really, you know, wake up in the morning, uh, go to the rink, and worry about process. How do we how do we get better? And, and those are the things that it's the small victories that you have in there, um, especially with the young players or the hat trick by Keller uh, last night. You you really dig into, but it, it it takes its toll. There's there's no question. It's um, it's a hard thing to go through. I would I'd like to thank our fan base. I mean, you go to the mullet last night. You know our our yeah. fans are unbelievable. They cheer. They, uh, the noise in there. It's just. It's great. So they've been patient. I think they've seen some signs that kind of get them excited when they see the the Gunther score the first goal of the game and and some of the prospects at the World Juniors. They can see what's coming. Yeah, we're gonna go around the horn a little bit here, yeah. but let's start by asking you sort of about, about groups of players. Yeah. And and maybe the the current slump colors your view of this a little bit, yeah. but let's start with the middle core. Clayton Keller obviously had yeah. the hat trick. Yeah. What have you seen from guys like Kells, Nick Schmaltz, Lawson Krause, Christian Fisher? 
maybe even we throw Jacob Chikrin in that mix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really good things. Um, they, they've embraced it. They've come to the, the rink every day and, and really put their hard hat on. And, I, I, you know, Kells is probably the leader of that. You know, the way he came back from his injury was impressive. I mean, he's doing yoga and Pilates. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just he didn't take a moment off in the summer. And there he hit the ground running and he hasn't stopped. And I, and I still think he's getting better. Um, so that, that middle group has really had a good impact for us. They've been driving. And Chick has been very impressive. He's come in. He's played some great hockey. He's played hard hockey um, and took a step forward, you know. And I, I really like that, you know, from him. You know, Smoltz, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but he's really rebounded. I'd say his last five games are probably his best. Um, he's he's really, you know, uh, an elite offensive player, um, you know, and someone that 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 uh, has put some more time into the training in the summer. So, uh, like I said before, with, with those guys, there's a lot of small victories that happen that you see, um, and, and they, they kind of drive our team, especially our offense. It's one of the things, when we talked about Clayton Keller, and we've talked about him here a lot and how yeah. he's evolved as a player, and I actually came up in a question last night after his second hat trick of the year is, what's changed? What Since you've been the general manager and watched his progression over the last two and a half seasons, what has changed and what has made Clayton Keller a better player over the last two and a half years? Well, I, number one, I think our coach has done a great job. Uh, I think there's a trust factor between him and Kells, and that's given Kells a lot of confidence. Uh, Bear uses him, puts him in every situation mm-hmm. possible. Um, and I think Kells has responded to that and taken on that extra ice time. Um, I also think there's a maturity of a young man coming into the NHL where they come in and they're like, oh my God, I'm in the NHL. So exciting. Yeah. And then the following few years, it's all about, okay, it's a grind now. We're playing this team. It's, like, it's a different type of feel. It takes a while to mature to get through that and then get on the other side of that where you can be a consistent player. I think money also changes people. Um, you know, just getting adapted to making that type of money and, and, and really getting your priorities in life straight. Like, what is it that drives me as a human being? And most times it comes back to, you know what, I don't give a crap. I mean, you can only drive one car at a time and you can only sleep in one bed at a time so it comes back to let's let's be a good hockey player let's dig into being a better hockey player and how do I do that and I think that's a maturity that happens in the NHL with the young players and he's he's gone through that process and come out the the backside of that a stronger more determined player at the end of the day with Kells he is a competitor if you play him in checkers or chess or or golf he's he wants to win he's a competitor and so um, I think he's done a great job of, of driving our team well, we want to ask you about another group of players who are the young prospects currently on yep. this roster. So players like J.J. Mosier, Barrett Hayton, Dylan Gunther, Jack McBain, and Matthias Michelli, if you yep. can just speak to those guys a little bit. Well, I, I think, you know, and this goes back to my days, uh, kind of growing up in the St. Louis organization, we had drafted all these really good young players, the Bacchuses, the Oshies, the Peter Angelos, the Eric Johnsons of the world. And everyone said, oh, you guys are going to make playoffs this year. We weren't even close, you know, and you go like up and down, up yeah. and down. And, and on some nights, you know, T.J. Oshie was pulling the fans out of their seats, you know, when Bacchus was hammering goals and Perron was scoring. But we, we could never really get it together because the consistency wasn't enough. And that's what happens with our young players is you see the J.J. Mosers and the Gunthers. They have big nights. And, and Michelli has seen his growth from one year to the next, and he's slowly becoming consistent. So there's a process that you have to allow them to develop. Um, and you're, you're, you're trying to put as much, you know, I guess, uh, not, I wouldn't use the word pressure, but trying to get them through uh, what they're going through and find the consistency of being a great player in your lineup every night. That's the hardest thing with the young players. And when you have one young player on the ice, he makes one mistake. 
but you have 10 of them, <laughs> you have 10 mistakes every night. So it, th there is a patience level. And I think that's what also Barry, he does a great job because he's used to developing kids from junior where he's had to put those young players in the lineup and depend on them. And he's he's done a great job putting those young guys in the lineup and, and getting them to play better. And I think, you know, he's also a coach, you know, where – you know, it's determined how much you play by how good you play. And I think they respect that about him, that they know when you see the kid plays nine minutes of ice, he didn't play very well. Uh, but on his good nights, he's playing upwards over 15 minutes. And I think that's what Bear does a good job. And I think that's what they respond to. And, and it's a respect level. They know, hey, I'm going tonight. Coach is playing me. So um, I think our coaching staff's done a good job. And I think the other part of that is those kids have really good character. All of them, they're really good kids and they love hockey. The other end of the spectrum, the veterans, you brought in a, a mix this offseason. Yep. You said Josh Brown, Patrick Nemeth, and Troy Stetcher. What have they brought to the the lineup this season? Well, we've we've had a revolving door with with different veterans coming through, uh, Some a majority of them on bad contracts uh, that we've taken in to, to acquire assets. Uh, we've been fortunate with, with most of the veterans that we've brought in. They've all brought their different flavor. Um, you know, Nick Bukestad's probably the nicest human being I've ever met in my mm. life. <laughs> So Where's he, he from? Yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> he's, 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 of course, yeah. Yeah, But you know, you know, and, and last year we had the we had the lads, you know, and, and the Beagles and those guys had won championships and they they had brought that. So I think, you know, every year we have our veteran presence that comes through and each year our young guys and middle guys, for that matter, the, are all learning from them. Um, and, and it's really it, it's a unique flavor that comes through. Um, we've we've had some really good people, um, and and they you know it's it's interesting the effect that an, an older veteran like that can have on a younger player, and I you know whether it's Lawson Kraus texting Dylan Gunther that's at the World Juniors or. It's it's just hey are you okay you know it's it's a rough ride for those young guys going and the better veterans you have the better leadership you have can get you through the rebuild um, with with getting something when you're going through the rebuild and that's the little extras off the ice and teaching them to be pros and eating properly and um, you know that 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 is a huge part of the veteran presence and, and the guys that you had mentioned and what effect they can have and uh, so far they've had a really good effect and that's one of the things you talk about that and you've seen it. People familiar with the league, you've seen a team, and I, I hate to throw them under the bus, but the Edmonton Oilers, who had those high draft picks year yep. after year after year. And without that mix and without the guys pulling the rope and leading the way, you just don't find the right path. Yeah. Well, it's a great point, um, and, and not to damper on any other NHL teams with, with their picks, but, you know, it's it's like bringing your kids. You know, you bring your kids into the world, you know, you got to raise them right. you got to teach them the right values of what you believe in. And if you skip the process or if you yeah. miss something along the way and, and they're only, for example, worried about points and they forget about the team, yeah. um, it doesn't work out in the end. It, it has to be team-driven, winning-driven, um, and you've got to raise your young players in your organization the proper way. Um, there can be a lot of selfishness uh, that's directed at points that happen in the NHL. Guys are just so driven on the points that they forget about the team. Um, we're here to win a championship from my opening press conference with my little remark about I didn't come to the desert to get a tan. <laughs> I, what I really was saying, we, we came here to win. Like that's the biggest thing. It's it's not about the next contract. It's, it's building a winning franchise and trying to win a championship. And that's everybody from your trainers to your media guy. It's everybody pulling and pushing in, in, in the same manner. And uh, it's not easy because, you know, you, you have to bring your kids up in your organization the right way. And that's Bill, hard. So this brings up a point. 
because yeah. this organization over the last 20 years, they've been here before. Yeah. They've been through rebuilds. We've talked about the 1415 one with right. Tippett. Tippett had, had one as well. There's been some of these moments. Yeah. The relationship between the coaching staff, there is no doubt Andre Turnier is here to win. Yeah. That you watch him on the bench. You see his passion for the yeah. game. He's here. The players come to the rink every day to win. Yeah. They have... There's also an understanding that the franchise is trying to acquire assets and get through a rebuild. How is the relationship, one, between you and Andre? Is yeah. there communication? Because I've seen it. I've seen to the point where Don Maloney and Dave Tippett didn't talk because yeah. it was such <laughs> friction between the relationship yeah. of where they were going. So that made going to work difficult. So one, how is that relationship? And two, how do you assess a coach when it can't be about wins and losses? Yeah. And, and how do you look at Andre Turini and the job he has done? They're really good questions. Um, for, I'll answer the last one first is you look at how does the team compete every night? Because some nights you get on the ice and, and you know some teams get $96 million on the ice and you got $54 million and they got four lines ready to go with star goaltenders. And so you're comparing apples to oranges. So how do you evaluate the, the, the coach? It's the preparation. It's him working on the pregame scape. Are they doing tips? Are they doing face-offs? Are they teaching? You know, are we prepared to play – on how to beat that team, are we are we competitive? Are guys maxing out in that game how good they can be? Is that the best they can be? Are they prepared? You can tell by the crispness of the passes and and you know the 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 pre the pregame scout on the other team how it's laid out. Are we doing that? That's that's how you evaluate. And I think where the relationship with Bear and I are always pretty good. I'm because I've coached. I'm I'm a little bit sensitive to the coach's feelings after the games mm -hmm. sometimes. Bear's pretty open to talk, so we we have some good tough conversations about this and that. He's very he's not very emotional, you know. He's emotion. He has emotion, but he is very controlled. So some coaches you couldn't have that conversation with. Sometimes it's better to wait to the next day and let everything settle. Um, so you know, because I've coached, I I, I realize you can't go in there and, and poke and you know get too much uh, tough information. It's better to, next day to pick up the phone or go for a coffee and say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Everybody settled down in a little bit. So he does a really good job on his end of processing the game and why we won, why we lost, and we can talk about it. Um, but that's how you keep the relationship open. I think that it's uh, it's easy to, as a GM to close the door and it's easy for a coach to say, I'm not talking to him and just walk away, but it doesn't solve anything. Yeah. And especially where we are, we, we wanna be in constant communication about um, in, in whether you're hiring a, a coach with a coach or you're calling a player up, it's a partnership that you're you're working with them um, and you have to have that that open conversation. It's not always easy. It's 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 tough conversations for sure. And the staff a lot of times will be the they'll be the the uh, the ears listening to the players' frustrations yeah. as they're you know yeah. going through these tough times. How do you get Andre through that same sort of thing? Because as PD just said, Andre wants to win too. Yeah. So yeah. how do you get him through the low points when he's frustrated and with with where they are in the process? Well, when we when he took the job and we were, where we go zero and eleven at the <laughs> yeah. start, yeah. you know, I, I looked over him and I'm like, oh my god, I think he's gonna die. You know? <laughs> uh, you know, and it's hard because as a coach, you're preaching to your players, do it this way, and success will follow. Do this. I'm telling you, this is the right path to go down. And when you don't have success, that's the toughest thing for yeah. coaches. It's the hardest thing for them. They got to go inside, uh, you know, put the game plan out to the to the to the team, and all of a sudden there's no success. You know, you know, and that's what I think Bear's done a really good job of is selling the small little uh, successes for our team to the players and getting them to buy in around that.
Um, before we move on, still tons of stuff to get to. Um, I just want to take a quick break to talk to everybody about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. There's four NFL teams remaining, two conference championship games coming up, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code PHNX, and new customers can bet $5 on the conference championship and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we mentioned the beer fridge off the top. Yes. Uh, we're looking forward to this Wednesday, just two days from now. Yeah. We're going to be at Four Peaks doing our shows at Four Peaks all day long. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, join us for last Wednesdays, this Wednesday, January 25th. All of our shows are live and in person throughout the day. Enjoy $3 beer specials and come say hi to us. We're going to be up first at 11 a.m. Enjoy some Four Peaks. And that's never too early. It yeah. is coffee, by the way, that I'm drinking. Just It is. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, just saying. But anyway, so back to... Uh, Back to talk yeah, about. we drink a lot on the show, but, <laughs> but, but our show is at 11 at night. What do you want us to do? Yeah. Like it's beer fridge. Anyway, sorry. All right, let's get back on track here. Uh, well, Bill's phone's blowing up here, by the way. <laughs> it happened all night, yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah, especially in your job. Yeah. All right, let's jump ahead a little bit. One of the uh, key dates that people are looking at now, and it's fast approaching now, is the March 3rd trade deadline. Yeah. And there could be a lot of players on the move if the price is right. Yeah. We've heard all the names. Jacob Chikrin, Shane Gostisbehere, Nick Bugstad, Josh Brown, Nick Ritchie, maybe even guys like Troy Stetcher, Christian Fisher, Karel Vimelko, who knows? Jeez. Where <laughs> do you stand with all of that, and what is your sense of the market right now? Um, there's a lot of teams that don't know what they're doing inside the market. They're not sure if they're buyers or sellers. So mm-hmm. um, I think they're they're keeping their hand in both, and it's probably confusing the market a little bit. Um you know, for us, we've always taken the the approach since I've been here that you know if uh, if the team's in it, we're going to keep our guys together. Like uh, you know, if we got a chance, if not, we're going to you know obviously move some assets and uh, and become a better team down the road. Um, so you know, it's it's one of those things I've been open and try and be honest with the players about. Hopefully, it's not too much of a distraction, um, but it is part of the process that we're going through. There's that tough gap i guess between deciding whether you're still in it or you're not in it and it, yeah. it, sometimes it's it's hard to be realistic maybe yeah and i think DM. i think my first year there was you know points where you're thinking okay we're we're still in this like we've yeah. we've got a thing let's leave the group and i think it was really good to kind of leave the group together because i had a better understanding at the end of the year of what we had to do so I, I you know i think you know some gms don't have i know in st louis we had the one year where we just kind of faltered and that was it you know boom before the deadline we just started moving uh, mm. some guys and uh, you know it's it's probably a little you know bit of a wake-up call to your team for some teams out there if they start moving pieces you know guys don't <laughs> guys like hey i thought we were in it and then yeah, you know right. you yeah. know and then you're out but uh, uh that's part of the process and it's not an always an easy one to explain to the players because you certainly have to get on the plane with them after you've moved everybody so it's not uh, always that comfortable one of the things try to take us behind the curtain a little bit we're not asking yep. for secret inside info <laughs> yeah. and the people that watch our show they've made thousands of trades already this year yes they are yep. <laughs> but there's yep. a player we've talked about since last season yep. it's, it's jacob chicken so i i'm not looking to see what teams and where yeah. what i'm asking is how does the process work do do 
teams call you? Are you on the phone? Or is this overhyped? Or are we just trying to get Jacob Chikrin day to day and just keeping him improving as a hockey player? Like, how does the overall process from a general manager with an asset that large? Yeah. What's what's the process? Well, the, the process is 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 to be have transparency between the player and me. That's the first thing that has to uh, you have to take place. Listen, this is a partnership with the players too. Um, you're not going anywhere in, in the, uh, the NHL unless you have a good partnership and a good honesty with players. They might not always like what you have to say, but I think it's important. Um, I think with Chick, we've had some good honesty about it. Uh, where I'd like to see his play be, he's responded. He has been there. Uh, he trained all summer. He got himself in, in great shape, um, along with getting getting healthy, and he's played well. Um, so he's been a really good asset to have. And there's been openness between uh, myself and his management uh, about, you know, where where he could move. Um, and if that comes to fruition, then we'll, we'll do that. But if not, then he he's a coyote. And, uh, you know, we've we've had a certain ask and we've stuck by that ask. You know, we're not here, I guess, to be a doormat of the NHL where people are just going to come in and take assets and, you know, us not get what we need to get on the other side of it. So... Um, I like the way that Chick's played. I like the way that the impact that he's had on our club. He's been very positive. So for us, you know, we, we, we obviously we listen to teams and, and we'll go from there. Is it conceivable that he's here past the deadline, past the draft? Even? Yeah, it, it could be. It could be. Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, it's due to what the NHL needs. Mm-hmm. You know, it do, it's due to, you know, what teams have injuries, who can fit them in. It's a tricky world out there with the cap. It's yeah. like everybody thinks, oh, you know, you do this, you could trade him here. There's, you know, the cap, teams are full. Yeah. You know, so it's dollar in, dollar out. It's what you have to take back. And is that, you know, does that work? It's a, it's a very complex matter that happens. And you could probably see that with the OEL trade where how many bodies were moving around. And and, and the GM called me and says, I, I, I don't even understand it yet. I got to put, you know, like, and we just worked player for player, you know. So at the end of the day, it all worked out even. And um, and so, I mean, you know, there's a lot of that going on when you're when you're trying to do deals. You talked about Chikrin, like so you keep communication. Do you ever go out to dinner with him? We talked a lot about his diet. Are you eating the raw liver, <laughs> like the raw liver and the? Do you parts? know about this, right? Yeah, you heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that on the team meal? Like, is Griff getting raw you know, liver? I, I, you know, there's a lot of different diets that go around with the guys, <laughs> and there's a lot of different, you know, hey, cold tub, hot tub, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and yoga, and. You know, and uh, I think some of it is just mental. I'm not sure if it all works, but if it but if it's just mentally works for them, then it makes them a better player. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. But you know, it's just tough enough being a GM with that amount of food around all yeah. all all the, all the time that you yeah. just you know I don't have time to pay attention to their diets. I just got to worry about myself with that. You know, the NHL, the never hungry. League. Oh, there yeah. is there um, is. I've never been. It's it's just surrounds you. It's it from is. The, it's from the time you go and have the meeting with the coaches. You come out. You got to walk past a buffet after practice the buffet is there Jeez. and then you go okay we're gonna head to the plane and there's more food on the plane yeah, and right. then you get off the plane and there's a there's a meal there again for <laughs> you to eat and then you go to the rink you know and there's a meal there it's just it's unbelievable just, it's just i mean well, you, you look like you can play right now well the, the story that and i will tell this quick story that people don't know uh and because i'm tall i get away with it but when i took the job we were going through COVID, and i was into this mountain biking and this eating properly and I had all my suits adjusted and I went back to my original weight that I finished playing at, which was wow. 220. Um, and I, and I chopped all my suits and I look great and I, t- <laughs> I took the job and I will say that I've replaced every single clothing <laughs> that I wore in the pandemic because I am 40 pounds heavier oh, no. than when I was, um, <laughs> 
it, now I, I've always continued to work out one hour per day. It's just the fact that there's that much food around <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, so my kids really give it to me when they get the chance. To <laughs> well, you fit. do look like you can play, and we'll get into your playing career yeah. in the next yeah. segment. But I have yeah. one more question about the yeah. trade deadline. Yeah. Because I, I think a lot of fans uh, think, and, and you get caught up in the internet, and you go, yeah. oh, it's like trading cards. Yeah. This guy for that guy, and yeah. it's, hey, he'd look good to you. I think people miss sometimes, and you clearly don't, you miss the personal side. Their wife is here, their kids are in school, or they just bought a home. And there's oh, more to it than just what helps your club. Commodity. There's yeah. a personal yeah. side. Yeah. And how have you been able to deal with that side of it and, and, and know that you're affecting, you need to do your job. Yeah. But you're affecting human beings as well. Well, you know, I'm around Larry Plo a lot, and Larry was a GM for over 16 years um, and I really rely on Larry a lot um, to 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 walk through that process and that and he and if you ask anybody about Larry they're gonna say he's a great guy and a lot of the guys you ask he traded um, so I'm, I'm in constant search to make sure that you know you know you 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 have that personal touch one of my first trades uh, here with the club was Derek Steppen and his wife was pregnant there was COVID she couldn't travel I and that. I had yeah. to make that call and it was brutal. Like, you know, because now he's got to leave to go to Canada. She can't get across the border. You know, it, it you know, you it just, that's, those are, those are the tough ones. And I, I believe you got to have, you got to be human on those sides because you got to feel for them. Um, it's not just a business at the same time. You have to make the right decision for the club. There's a balance in there yeah. that you have to have. And a lot of times you find that balance by actually reaching out to the player afterwards and just say, hey, listen, time has gone by. You know, I'm sorry that I, you know, I had to do that. And, you know, can I make it up to you or can we have a dinner or something like that? And, and you can sometimes heal that uh, that way. Um, but you try to let them know, hey, it's you're, you're human and, you know, it's, it's a business decision at the same time. You know, you we've done a good job. I felt like, you know, really trying to take care of people inside our organization since I've come here. And I think that has a lot to do with Larry Plo and his feel for people. When I give him the situation, you know, we had a scout go through cancer and, you know, we, you know, we tried to do everything in our power, even get our doctors to look at him and, you know, kept him on staff and kept him involved in the meetings and everything and kept him involved. And he's on the other side of that now. And whether it's Phil Kessel um, where, you know, where we, we fly, you know, him to, 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 for the birth of his, his first child, you know, anything that we can do for the players, we try and do that. We've flown guys home in the, in the, you know, COVID right before Christmas, you know, it's a, it's a $50,000 flight. You know, our ownership really did a good job of taking care and made sure everybody got home for Christmas. And those are a lot of the things that go on behind the scenes that people don't know. Uh, but I feel like if we can do that behind the scenes and take care of our people, they will repay us. They will be loyal. They will fight harder for us. And I think uh, our players know that too. Um, and that's a hard balance to walk between business and, 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 and being personal. So, you know, the GM job, it's obviously a tough role. How does someone like you, you were a tough guy defenseman. We looked up your penalty minutes before the show. <laughs> the What's the math? One, yeah. 1,443 penalty what? minutes in eight plus seasons what? in the AHL. How do you go from, from there was to, it that many <laughs> to, to this? And was like, was this always your dream? How did this evolve? How did you get from there to right now? Oh, I'll get a good story. So we finish up. I'm captain in uh, the Providence Bruins, and it was a horrific uh, season to go through. It just was a, not, it was all young players, and um, they they obviously got a lot better. And you know, I had a fulfilling season in the sense that I guided a lot of those guys, and they went on to play the NHL. But they it was just like there was 
there was 15 young you know players and that team went on to win the american league championship the following year mm. but i was literally driving down with you know my knuckles were screwed oh. from just fighting and my season was over and my contract was done and i thought i was driving down 95 going home to warwick rhode island out of the, my final game and i thought to myself oh man i've got to go sell used cars <laughs> this is gonna get bad and i came up with a foolproof plan i said my paycheck doesn't end till september 1st <laughs> i'm gonna wait as long as i can you know to to get you know find another job yeah, you know yeah. i'm gonna keep trying and the, and and i was pretty much gonna go down to the east coast to get that as a player i was dropping down and and the this 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 reporter named Bob Dick called me and he said, "Hey, you're one of your good friends, your deep partner, Peter Laviolette's going to get the job in Providence." So I picked up the phone and he didn't pick up. And I called. I said, "Hey, Peter, it's Army. You, you don't call anymore. You don't write. <laughs> yeah, you're in my backyard. And you don't say hi. And I know you're here." And I said, I, "You know, I know you're going to be named head coach of the P Bruins." I said, "I am your new assistant coach, and I will see you there on opening day." <laughs> called back like a week and a half later. Says that works. Get out of here! And that's how I made the switch. And I and I looked around. Um, I looked around, and everybody in the American League that was assistant coach had played the NHL except me. So I never took my job for granted. I stayed there. I mm. studied everything that I didn't know. And Peter was a great coach. Obviously, he's gone yeah. on to do some great things in the NHL. But that's how I got my foot in the door. I always saw myself coaching. I never knew that I would be a, a GM. So the day-to-day competing, that that is definitely ingrained. And we saw what we talked about kind of player in jest that you were. You were a little tougher. We talk about the kind of team you're trying to build here. And there is an element of that. Is that a conscious thing you do when you're looking at either free agents or draft picks? Are you looking for that toughness? Um, Not not the way that 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 maybe sounds or like my penalty minutes indicate. There is a line you need to cross. Um, and you, you have to cross that line. And I always felt like if you, I played with these guys in juniors and they, they didn't have one fight and I didn't expect them to fight. But if you compete hard enough for your job every night on the ice, you will run into that at some point in time. You will come to where you're getting taken advantage. And that's my big thing is that you got to be able to cross that line. And I was thinking about this the other day. There was a hit Braden Shen had in one of our playoff series, uh, and it was a violent hit, um, and he he had no regard for his body. He crossed a line with that hit, and you know he sent a message that you know with that hit, you know whether you like it or not, we were here to you know take. They, we were not walking out of there unless we won. Mm. And you have to have that in you if you're going to win a championship. You have to cross that line at some point in time and disregard for your body and your health and everything else you got to put that aside it's about winning and so i feel you see that sometimes with players that will drop the gloves and not that they're fighters but they'll have it one or two times a year where they just compete so hard they run into it and that's a good indicator for us that that they will cross that line to win a championship Um, i always tell the scouts when we're sitting at the table my big thing is they're building that list you know to go to the draft i always tell them the seventh game for the organization is not one on the ice. It's one today at this table. You are picking the players that have that character that will cross that line to win a championship. 1,443 minutes, though. Uh, yeah. I, I probably Love should it. have had some more. I think I got some taken away. <laughs> uh, there, I have a unique distinction, I think, in the American League. I was the only player, uh, the only person to be uh, suspended as a player as an assistant coach, and I think as a head coach. 
So that was a yeah. proud moment. Yeah, that is very proud. You know, yeah. you hardware for that? No, exactly. but I did bring it up when they retired Dave Andrews, the uh, the president. Yeah. So, uh, I love it. Oh my know. gosh. Well, we want to get to the draft in just a second, um, yeah. but before we do, just want to let y'all know to check out morefurniture.com because we're sitting in these unreal comfortable chairs which we all fit in just for the record um, and you can save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com that's m-o-r furniture.com spruce up your home spruce up your office do it now check out more great great stuff and i also want to tell you about underdog fantasy um, one of our favorites, Petey and I love doing Easy, the, the, drafts. the drafts. We love doing the pickums before games, whether it's the NFL, the NHL, the NBA. Check out Underdog Fantasy. Um, it's super easy to get started. You just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with the code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So it's a no-brainer. Let them match your deposit and then you can... Uh, Play the pick'em game, do daily fantasy with your friends or with strangers, and I, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of fun. It, and I always lose, and it's a really good okay. way to make money. And <laughs> yeah. I always beat Petey, so it's That's good for my. Petey story, does always so. lose. Yeah, so <laughs> will not be on Bill Armstrong's staff anytime soon because <laughs> I can't even draft the fantasy team. <laughs> but, oh boy! But that's daily drafting. So let's talk now. About, about the draft. NHL drafting, and um, and I'll throw I know you guys and the scouts obviously are get excited about the draft. It's in yeah. Nashville this year, which makes it all the better, <laughs> oh my in gosh. my opinion. Uh, we could. What do you think our outfits are going to look like? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, so I cannot wait. Are we wearing the boots right there? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, the blue you got suit. Any thoughts? Yeah. You already have the buckles at the dad's trip. We can't wait to see what you guys get up on stage with this. Year. It's a thing now. It's, <laughs> it's a thing. It's I love a, it. It's a thing. I will tell you when I walked into Montreal, I put that suit on in my in the hotel room before we left, and I thought to myself, one thing: how do I get out of this? <laughs> 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 and I walked and I walked in. It was my idea, you know, to walk to wear the matching suits. And I walked in and it was just a sea of blue and red. And I thought to myself, no, th- this is good. When we walked into the draft, it stopped it. It literally, was awesome. there was about 15,000 people and there was about, uh, you know, the whole bottom of, and it just stopped. Then everyone just went, wow. <laughs> Seriously, if I go on, you know, we, we use photography services. If I yeah. if I go on Getty Images, I can probably find a hundred photos of you guys at the top. Oh yeah, we suits. rocked it. Yeah, yeah we yeah. rocked it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about the draft itself again in Nashville. So we're excited. We're actually yeah. going to be going as a pretty large crew to that one to cover yeah. it. So Ooh. looking forward to that. We're gonna we're gonna be setting it up shop at the winery that Carter Hutton is part owner in. By the way, so yeah, yeah. nice, nice. good man. Yeah. Let's look at the. There are stages of scouting, yep. and you know yeah. this as well as yeah. anyone. Where's your staff right now in that process? Um, our staff is advanced. Uh, if I ever thought the day that I walked in and took the job that we'd be where we are now, I'd be, I'd be, you know, tickled pink. It just we've added so many good scouts um, to the process. You know, I always talk about this. We're we're drafting. We thought we were drafting at one. You know, and and it was a it was a hard one because there were so many disputes about Shane Wright and I thought our staff was so calm about it because we had so many guys on our staff that had picked one before good and bad and ugly um you know they were calm you know and the way they deliberated it was it was amazing process to go through um for us but it had to do with we're not going to the draft table and trying to figure out things with the group they've already figured them out we're we're there to pick players and that's what I love that Daryl and Ryan are there along with Alan Heppel myself and Larry Plow 
that have all gone through the process of running staff, there's a lot of experience there. Uh, the one thing that we've tried to do with the staff is is really teach. So when we go to rookie camp, we're not golfing. We're locked in there. We're going through different things, whether it's pace of play with players, explaining about synergy with goaltenders. There's a constant teaching, trying to grow that staff. There was a great book I read about Phil Knight with Shoe Dog. And he talks about, you know, uh, how do I make my staff better? And the guy points to the hedge of the bamboo behind. He goes, last year was this style. Now it's this. It grew a whole foot in a, you know, in a year. And that's what you're trying to get done with your staff is you're trying to put the most educated staff that you can possibly put on the road to draft. And, you know, think about hockey. Hockey always change. One rule changes hockey. There's no hooking. Mm-hmm. it's constantly changing. So we're always trying to stay ahead of the trends. You know, one day there was a whole bunch of teams with fighters. And then one day I woke up and there was no fighters on the team. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to be the last to the, you know, to the picnic on that one. January 23rd, five months out from the draft. Yeah. Where are your scouts in the process right now of scouting the 2023 yeah. prospects? So, so they've gone, they've had their midterm meetings now. Um, they've identified, they've gone through it. They've put their players on the board and who they're going to follow. And we've zoned in on where we're going to pick in a rough area. Um, and now it's just about honing in um, to the, to that area is where we're going to pick. Um, so, and I, and I give them guidelines. I'll say like, hey, listen, you know, we could add a pick in this area. If we trade this guy, we could add a pick here. Be worried to, to pick here um, in the different zones of the draft. So um, I think it's, I think uh, for us, it's, uh, it's, you know, now it's decision-making time. You like these guys in your area? We could pick this guy. Do you like him? Do you not? Now it's decision time in the second half uh, of the scouting. And uh, they've identified the players, and now it comes down to honing in them and knowing them uh, better than you own, know your own family. <laughs> <laughs> but they built, but they, one of the things about that, though, and it because yeah. there went a trend in the NHL where teams were cutting their scouting staff, and they are going almost yep. backwards, and yep. we're only doing video. We're trying yeah. to save money. And you've gone the other way. Oh, we've gone the other way. But yep. So. For yeah. you as a general manager, you cannot possibly see every player in the world, which is no. it's a worldwide marketplace. Right. What's that level of trust that you have in the guys that are boots on the ground going to those yeah. games? And eventually, if you're picking top three, you're going to see the player. But what's your trust level in that staff? Well, I, I base a lot of the way that I work with my staff around what Doug Armstrong and how he worked with, with the St. Louis staff was. He asked tough questions, but he never micromanaged. And there's a difference to say, hey, listen, why are we picking this player here? Explain it. Like, And it plants seeds within your scouts and they either move the player or not, but you're not going in there and demanding, hey, you need to do this and that and micromanaging them. And I think there's a difference. And I think if you have a really good, strong scouting staff, you know, if you're just asking the right questions as a GM, they'll usually put the right list together and they'll explain why. Why this is why we have this guy here. He's five foot one and we have him in the top 10. You know, and he, <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll, they'll explain to you why. And He'll that's, a and that's, player. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that's, um, what you try and get at, but you can't micromanage them. They travel the world. They see more. And I've been in those shoes where they've seen it live, you know, but we've gone the other way. Like you said, we've, we've pumped a lot of money, um, into the scouting through analytics, through video. Uh, there's no excuses on our end uh, about, about trying to see players and uh, even if there's a player in, in Russia and he's injured, you know, you still have analytics and we have all the services over there. We can watch every single one of his games. Cool. Wow. Um, we, we've been talking about the 2023 draft class specifically, it feels like for more than just this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so besides, well, we'll get to the top group in a yeah. second, but yeah. just an overall assessment of this draft class, 
what just from your point of view, what are its strengths, weaknesses, and maybe some potential surprises? Yeah, I think there's a strong draft class up top, you know, and that's uh, that's that's what you look for when you're picking in that area. Um, I think that there's some good depth in the draft, which means you know from from ten on. You know, in the first round, uh, there's some good depth. You're going to find some good players in, in in that. So I think it's probably a little stronger draft than last year, um, but it's a, it's a healthy draft, um, and and I st- I still think there's a few kids that are playing that are going to be better or or move up the draft board. Then might be some surprises second mm-hmm. half. Yeah. Well, we have to ask about Connor Bedard. Obviously, we talk about him a ton. Who? And Who? <laughs> yeah, you got to see him at the World Junior <laughs> yeah. Championship. How just how good is he? And and also, we had recently had Chris Peters on our show, and he said that there's some discussion out there that he might not be a center in this league. He might end up being a wing. Do you agree with that? So thoughts on Bedard and thoughts on his position? Yeah, I think he's a very average player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't show your hand, should pass on him. Yeah. You're going to fool him. Team should really go by him. I mean, it's, it's, Skip him. It's, it's no surprise what he's done. He's a remarkable young man. I, I had a chance to meet him, and I know his coach uh, pretty well that coaches him in junior I'm very impressed with him, uh, just as a just as a person. He's he's got that same type of drive that the Crosbys have of the world. You know, you don't worry about picking those guys because you know you got to remember also there's a pressure that goes with one, and not everybody can handle that pressure. We drafted a player one time, and you know every time he cram, came around the net, he thought he had to make the first overall play, and it affected mm-hmm. the way he played. This kid's had that pressure since he came out of the womb, um, <laughs> so he's he he can deal with that. That's that's a great thing. But he's a special player. I think everybody saw the you know when you when you make that that play and you beat the Slovaks. I mean everybody could see that type of special that he has, you know, and that that's not a secret that's out there. Um, but there's also guys pushing from the from behind him that are pretty darn good players too, and you got to make sure that uh, you keep them in mind. You know, there's a projection here at the end. It's uh, you know that there there's some good players coming from behind him. So it, it'll be an interesting process to see how the second half goes. But he is uh, someone that uh, and uh, you know that 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 has shown that he could be special, and we'll see what the, you know the guys behind him. Are pushing. Let's talk about two of those guys. Are Adam Fantilli and Leo Carlson head and shoulders above the rest of the group? They could be. Could be. They, they could be. <laughs> but that brings a question to me because you've been at the draft table many, yep. many times. This is not yep. your first time doing this. Yeah. When you get and, and we understand that the, the hype of the top ten or even the first round. Yeah. When you're picking from the second to the seventh round, are you starting to look at? Gosh, we really need to fill that third right line right wing spot with a gritty guy, or we're looking for a third pair defenseman. Are you looking for spots that fill your roster, or are you looking for the best athlete and the best hockey player at that? Well, pick? when you're picking up high, you're 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 just taking the best player. Uh, we've always had that yeah. thought process. Um, you can't get into oh, he's a D. You know, he you know it's it's the best player. As you move farther on through the draft, or when you're in the draft and you're looking at your board and saying, okay, we drafted. You know, two, you know, three D in the first three rounds. You're not, yeah. you know, as excited about drafting uh, another D. Um, so you have to watch the board. Um, but it's really about the best player for the most part. Um, you know, we, we like to get in there and and and, and you know, it's, I guess football is probably a little bit different because they're they're drafting sometimes for position, but we're drafting majority of times off best player. And we're talking about best players, and our, our producer is actually from Buffalo, New York. So <laughs> to him, the best player in hockey right now <laughs> is a player you helped in the draft process with Tage Thompson. Yeah, and 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 some people at the time were not sure what Tage Thompson was or was going to be. He's he. He has become honestly, he's an elite goal scorer in this league right now. He yeah. is absolutely yeah. fun to watch. 
What was the process of drafting a player like that? Because you know there's going to be the second guessing after. Oh, you took him too high. Or what was it like drafting a kid like Tage Thompson? You know, in St. Louis, we had picked in that range somewhere between 20 to 26 the majority of time that I was there. So we were really comfortable in that spot because we had gotten – you know, Oshi before there, we'd gotten prawn. We had high expectations of what we wanted out of there. So the way that we would do the board was we if we're picking in the first round, we wanted to get somebody that was a top two uh, line player, top four defenseman or number one goaltender. We didn't want to take, a, you know, a, a third or fourth line player, five, six defenseman at that point in the draft. So when Tage was coming down, we we're like, OK, he's the last guy on the board. That we have in, in with that quality of of hockey player that could could reach the first line, and so we were like, okay, well, we got to trade up, and you know, I don't think uh, Doug Armstrong was too crazy about moving a th- you know moving a third to move two spots up, uh, but he was a, literally the last guy on the board that we loved. So for us, it was an easy one. You're so into the draft, you know what the areas around, you know, you don't really worry about people second guessing you because that's what's there at the time you know and we had such experience at the table and picking in that area we were pretty we were pretty zoned into that cluster of players and he felt we felt like he was the last and it turns out he was (laughs) but then you get a question to a scout then is you're picking that player and you kind of get married to the player a little bit you watch his development you're in what was the emotion like when you have to trade a player like that or you see him get traded and you go oh like risk reward or you feel Sad or you okay because yeah. you had the parade? Well, it's 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 there's two sides to that. As a player getting traded out of the organization, it's their first love. They're crushed. Yeah. They're literally crushed. Uh and, and for us on the other side, you know, you know, you know, do you give them Cairo? Do you give them Tage Thompson? You know, it's so close. You know what they're saying? That's you know, the ask was for for O'Reilly. Uh, we won, so it was the right trade yeah. for the Blues, uh, hands down, and that we'd do it, you know, I believe Doug would do it again. Uh, just because you you get into that that spot, you gotta you gotta, you win. gotta win. You gotta win, and it was a great trade. You know, we always talking about you know sometimes if you're beating everybody on the trades, people stop trading with you eventually because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we're gonna get waxed on this one. It's always nice, I think, you know, when a trade does work out where you you have success, but also they have success too, um, and that's that's what a lot of good trades look like. Um, and, and it worked out for them on the other side of it. it took them a long time. It was a slow burn yeah. for them with bigger guys it takes longer to develop you know with connor geekies of the world and the lamaroos they're slower burns they're not coming right in right away in playing it's going to take them some time uh, to, to get going and it's just when you're bigger it just takes a longer time one more question on the draft and i don't want to be debbie downer for yeah. all of our viewers yeah. here <laughs> but if you're not picking in the top three yeah I mean, you can tell me who you take if you want at four, <laughs> yeah. five, and six. If you want to lay that I out could. right now, that's I could. We'll, we'll allow you that. But are you confident that that group of players, you know, four, six, four, five, six, seven, those those players are still you're going to get an impact player in that area of the draft? Um, we're going to have to find a way. We're you know we're gonna, we're going to find a way. Listen, if if you, there's no guarantees that if you finish dead last, you're going to pick at one. You know, and our whole theory is this. You know. Uh, we're going to cut you with a thousand different blades, which means when you come to play the Coyotes in five years from now, you're going to ha- we're going to have extra picks that are going to put really good players on the third and fourth line, and we're going to stack our team with a ton of depth and a ton of talent uh, because we have more picks than anybody in the NHL, and that has been the theory, and that's what we've stuck to. So, um, you know, we just can't rest assured that hey, just because you finish in a certain area. You know, you're going to pick one. It's a lottery. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, 
but you have to be prepared for your best case scenario and also your worst case scenario. And we would expect our scouts to find a good player there. The follow-up to that, Bill, and the, the, the process is get the player, scout the player, yeah. draft the player, then it's develop the player. So yeah. where is your focus on development? You've been very familiar with the American League. How important yeah. is that league and getting the player from the draft table to playing for this club? That was the second part that we did. We worked on the scouting when I first came in, and then you know we we, we did the board, and we figured out, listen, we're going to draft more players than any other NHL team in the next five years. We've got to put the best development crew together. Uh, Lee Stepniak has headed that up for us, and I like players that have kind of touched all levels. They've played somewhere in college or, or junior. Um, they've played in the American League. They've played in the NHL. Um, you know, and Lee had been with our group for a while and he had studied the analytics and he, and he kind of had like a good foot in the door and he had done some development for us. So he kind of heads it up for us. But we also have Jeff Shantz and Curtis Foster and Nathaniel Brooks that all have a part in our development. And we have a big development staff, but that development staff is there for our players. I mean, 24-7 from nutrition, you know, we test the blood, the skills when they're struggling, we have a mental performance. Um, it's, it's probably a little bit almost on that line of overkill to the player uh, because they are getting a lot of information, but we want to make sure that our players are taken care of. They're, injury, they're injured, we're, we're getting them you know, flown into here, uh, get them looked at by our doctors and get a plan where sometimes we send our guys in to go skate with them to get them ready. Uh, to come back to play or if they're struggling you know we we find ways to walk that line where we're not we're going through the video but we're not stepping on the coach's toes because they have to earn the ice time through the coach that they're playing with and we yeah. have to make sure we don't cross that line but at the same time we have to make sure that we are one of the best development teams in the national hockey league every bit as critical a component as the scouting yeah and it often is and gets overlooked yeah it is and keeping that player hungry you know keeping him involved keeping him growing and, you know, our development team, if they're doing a great job, you're going to see great growth out of our players at a steady rate. Well, we have just a few more questions for you. We're going to venture into the the fun question All category. Right. Yeah. Um, it's about time we started having <laughs> yeah. some fun on this show. <laughs> but really quickly, before we do, um, I just want to let everyone know, there's three games left at home until the All-Star break. So if you want to go see the Coyotes in person at Mullet Arena, check out game time to get your tickets. You can save up to 60%. When you buy them last minute, you can also get your parking pass on game time, all of it. It's all there. And the longer you can stomach waiting, the cheaper the tickets will be. I promise you it's great for procrastinators, let me say. Um, and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link below in our description. So check out game time. I've had great experience with it and you absolutely can too. And also while you're looking in the links in our description, become a diehard if you're not already. Um, go phnext.com slash diehard. Become a diehard. You get access to, to Craig's prospect report, the mailbag, all the diehard only content, as well as discounts in the locker, discounts on events, access to our Discord. A lot of great perks to becoming a diehard. So become a diehard today. All right. Now we're moving to the lighter side. Yep. The lighter side. You didn't bring the dogs in, so. No, like, no, and I'm on dog watch yeah. this week. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Let's hear about this. Let's start yeah. with that story that you yeah. told us before we went on the air. Well, last night, the, my, my wife obviously went to, went on a trip, so uh, I was responsible for the dogs. And normally they sleep at the foot of the bed, you know, in good order. <laughs> they took turns abusing me last night, <laughs> getting up wanting to play. You know, they wanted to eat. They wanted to go to the bathroom outside. They wanted to do it all last night. So I, I got abused like a substitute teacher in an eighth grade class. <laughs> so you said dogs. The last time. Yep. Yeah. We've met one. Yeah. We, yeah, have met one. we had Stanley <laughs> on the show a while yeah. back, about a year ago. Um, yeah. 
since then you you've added to the uh, the pack. Well, we're at that point uh, in our life where my wife and I, the kids, have left, and uh, you know, and as a GM, you know, I I talk all day, all day from the moment I leave the house to the time that I get back, I talk. So you know, when I come home, sometimes I'm not that talkative. So she, I think we had to get the extra dog, so she had somebody to talk to. <laughs> Oh, man. I've yeah. heard you have a dog voice, though, when you talk to the dogs. Somebody somebody told me that. I, well, I wow. think we, everybody in this room would yes, have to say that you're course. not the same 100%. way as you are right now, that you know, when you go home, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the the dogs, you know, no matter if you win, you lose, you make a bad trade, they still love you. So there's something great about having a dog uh, in your life and, uh, and and making it family and uh and you know we're dog people, so it's it's it truly is. I, I don't bring him to work because Stan's uncontrollable. He's just yeah. So I, I tried that once. That just lasted one time. Yeah. <laughs> the second one's name is Bobby. Bobby, yeah. named after. Yeah, well, Bobby Orr, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there it yeah. is. I yeah. love the hockey. The hockey. It's always hockey. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. All right. Well, we got to ask you about this. <laughs> There, obviously, you know, so we're in the age of social media and yeah. a lot of public figures like yourself do have Twitter accounts. Um, I don't know if you do or not, <laughs> but we do know that there is someone out there kind of using your face and name, although they don't claim to be you necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bill Armstrong's burner account at Bill Armstrong GM. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is a screenshot. Yeah. Have you seen this Twitter account and what do you think of it? He, he is incredible. Um, <laughs> he is up on everything. I don't know who it is. Um I have a feeling that maybe they went to my hockey school or something back in the day or, or they worked for me or something, but it's really a unique uh, Twitter account. He, uh, he, he is, uh, he's entertaining. I will say that he or she is entertaining. Uh, we thought it might be you living through a, a, an alternate personality just to, <laughs> to get some of those thoughts out of your head. Yeah, you know, uh, didn't some GM lose his job for yeah. a second Twitter account or something? Yeah. But uh, I, 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 hey I, now. I, I view, I view, I view Twitter. I'm a viewer, but I don't, yeah. I don't ever, never written anything, or maybe one time I did, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I view it, and uh, it is pretty comical. He does. Uh, I think our fans like him. He's pretty. He's pretty entertaining. And yeah, he's, I know his identity, but I'm not going to give it do up. Do you? <laughs> he really? Yeah. yeah. Oh he, wow. He uh, he sticks up for the oats. He, you know, <laughs> he he does. Uh, he, he, does. Re- he brings it pretty good. Like, he, and <laughs> one thing I love about him is, I mean, uh, it's consistency. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It's yeah. he's always on at twenty four seven. He never yeah, sleeps. He is active. He is active. Yeah. Well, that's what you see about the fan base here. This is the, the Coyote fan base fan is passionate. <laughs> they're tough. They're it's tough. okay to be frustrated. No, sometimes. no, they're, they're tough. They, I just, they, they, they bark back at those other fans. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh, I, we I, don't hear that for sure. <laughs> yeah. At a fight in the room there. By the way, this team has not. For all those listening right now, this team yeah. has not lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> in the calendar year of 2022. That is four and zero. There it is. There's the banner. Yeah, yeah. we created yeah. a banner. So, sorry, <laughs> I have to throw that out there once yeah. in a while. Yeah. Bill, you're, you've been a, a journeyman player. Yeah. You were a scout. Put on thousands and thousands of miles and yeah. cars and planes and boats and trains. Yeah. We do a segment on the show called Tales from the Road. Okay. And it's a fun story of of people might not understand. We talked about shoe checks for you know what, right. nobody knew what that right. was. Right. Can you give us a, a, a rated PG version of a Bill Armstrong tales from the road? Yeah, I, I, that's that's a good one. I'll, I'll try and put this in. So, as a GM, uh, sorry, as a scout, there's a lot of things coming at you. Time is the most valuable thing. Everything is around. I was around. The game starts at seven. It's everything in your life revolves around game starts at seven. You gotta have, and then you just work backwards. 
And and sometimes people don't understand, like there's there's you know you're changing flights. So I, I was I was going into Quebec City at the time, and and uh, I I'd, I'd taken a photocopy of my license because I descended to the insurance company. We're switching insurance companies for some reason. I had left it on the photocopier at home. So, and I had battled to get to Quebec City. There was all these storms coming in and out, and I had to see this guy. I just had to see this player up up in Schwinnigan. And you got to fly into Quebec City to get there, and you have to drive a two-hour drive through this national park. And it was the last viewing of this of this player that I could get because I was headed to Europe or whatever, so it was a must-see. So I was not giving up, and I was changing <laughs> flights. I was battling with no – all I had was my passport, you know. So I get off the plane, and I'm like, I cannot believe I made it here. And the guy's like, you're not going anywhere. I'm like – and I keep checking. The Quebec oh. League hasn't canceled the game. I'm like, no, no, no. Give me the biggest <laughs> car you have in that parking lot. We're going to make it up there. And he's like, yeah, I got this – huge massive uh, Durango or what it was it's got snow tires and chains I go perfect we're taking that and he goes can I see your license oh no. and it's like I don't know three hours from game time now and I'm like I, I don't have no. it he goes I can't rent it I'm like I have switched flights I've done everything give me the car give me the car and he won't he won't he's doing yeah. his job he's like I'm like listen I'm a lawyer you have my but you have a copy. I know you yeah. do at Enterprise somewhere. I'm an elite member. <laughs> you know, and he wouldn't give me the car. So I was in my, so I just suddenly remembered that I'd be in the scouts room. And this, and this one scout said, you know, I'm going to that game. No. And I, I, so I dialed him quickly. He goes, yeah, I'm like five minutes from the airport. I'll pick oh. you up. So, so he, he, he ended up picking me up and we get to the front of the park and it's closed. They have the barricades across no. the, the park. God. And I'm like, this is, like, I cannot Travel believe, like, where, where I am, like, I, how I oh. battled all day. Now time is ticking. You know, he goes, I think I know a way around this. No. <laughs> so no. we literally go to farm fields, like, literally driving across people's property. No. Scooting no. through, back through stores. Like, this goes on for two hours. No. And it comes down to, it was almost like out of a movie, at the bottom of the hill, you can see Shewinigan. Uh, sorry, it was Shikutami. And when there was all these these intersecting, you know, things down this, like, mountain pass, it felt like. And we started going down it, and it was all ice. Oh. <laughs> we went through three different consecutive stop signs and couldn't stop <laughs> like a toboggan ride. And I'm like, now we're facing oh, death no. like this. <sighs> <laughs> and, and and literally when we, oh, we got man. to the end of it, it we almost turned right and we were into the rink you know and he looked at me and I was like <gasps> he's like no parking <laughs> and it was all ice so we kind of navigated oh. up to the doors and the guy and we said and he spoke French and he like, eh, park here go into the game the game starts and literally it's a brawl where where the brawl starts and and Patrick Waugh's son was fighting. It went oh. on for it was like just it's it's Patrick Waugh's son was a goaltender. He fought like three people. <laughs> they kept sending the tough guy off the bench, you know, to fight. And we I got I got the viewing at the end of the day after all the fights and everything. And I didn't like the guy. No. <laughs> no. Almost died about three to four times. <laughs> You know, somebody was sending you a message, by the way. You yeah. know, Don't and go. just <laughs> battled with first and second and third <laughs> efforts to oh, get to no. that game. 
And I hated that guy. <laughs> you know? Oh so video scouting may be the way to go. Yeah, Bill. It would have been. You know, would have been. But, uh, wow. yeah, so that is a true story. And, and when I see that scout, you know, uh, we Scary. just still look at each other and just, just ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's too bad they don't play hockey, like more hockey. And you know what they do, I know, in yeah. Florida and Texas. And, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Well, yeah. they did have a team in uh, Palm Springs the other day. I, I went to the oh. game and I thought to myself, this is a scout This is okay. <laughs> yeah. This is a scout You can scout there. Oh, yeah. you can scout there. That's easy. Oh yeah. my god, that's, that's, that's an unreal story. Yeah. All right, we have one last question be- yeah. for you before we let you go. Yeah. Um, we we mentioned it to you before the show, but on this show, especially during the summer, yeah. and I know it's only Monday, but yeah. we do a segment called Weekend Binge. So yeah. we on for every Friday we say, "What are we watching this weekend?" Yeah. And you know, we chatted with you a little bit before we went live. Maybe you don't have a ton of time <laughs> to of time. to yeah. watch anything, but do you ever get to watch TV? And if so, what do you watch? Well, my uh, my wife is is if you met her, you would think she's just you know the greatest woman in the world, and she's you know how she lives her life, and she's all about joy and about being good to people and just living the right thing. And she's got some shows that's just turned me off TV. Oh, I don't no. know how she watched like The Bachelor. Uh, oh no, Leah! Hey, I yeah, love The Bachelor. You know. Uh, <laughs> My 90-day fiance. Um, so I've got to the point where I've stopped watching TV. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and she's going to kill me for saying that because she's, you know, Love Island. Oh, oh. She talks about Love Island yeah. every week. Leah does. Yeah, yeah. Leah and your wife. Uh, you know, and for, unfortunately, I just... I don't know. I just can't take it. You know? Still watching Love Island. I'm all about purpose in my life, so I usually yeah. go right yeah. back to watching hockey, um, <laughs> which takes me back to the goodness of the world and, yeah. and, and, and uh, what can help the world to be a better place, but to watch more hockey. So that's what I do. Um, but Vikings off um, Netflix uh, is is pretty darn good, I will say. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. I, I I do want to say this because I've been around we've all been around this organization for a really long time and yep. I know we're coming to the end of our time with you bill yeah. fans here have been full of hope for 25 years yeah and they've uh, they've been here they've seen it they've yeah. been through all these different yeah. things i'd have to say sitting here in this seat i i'm convinced in that like i believe i believe in what you're doing i believe in what the organization is doing right now and i know i want people on the other end of this to go it's painful right now it's really 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 hard but just hang in there yeah. because if you do the process like you did, the scouting, the developing, the coaching, it's going to get there. Just yeah. hang in there and believe in it. So we believe in you and the job you're doing. So thanks for what you're doing. For well, I appreciate that. And I would just say, you know, this is like where we are right now. We're a quarter of the way through. We're in the middle of the sea in a boat with limited food and there's no wind. And it feels like you're never going to get there. It's impossible to get there. But you're actually closer than you really think and where we've made all these small little wins little victories of the logan coolies of the world the geekies we've added the mosers we've added the veg malkas the the mcbains when we've been doing that in a short period of time and and those are our, our little wins and our little victories we've got to continue to build off that and just continue to draft well you know i've said this from the moment i've come in just get one good player stack them on another good player stack them on another good player and soon enough, you'll start winning. You'll get into the playoffs, and the fans will come to the building, and we'll be an elite franchise. And it all has to do with just getting good players, getting the right talent in. And I'm going to have one more. <laughs> oh, sorry. I know everyone's going to go home and eat. Talking. I'm sorry. No. Who is the best equipment manager in the NHL, <laughs> and why 
Is it Stan Wilson? <laughs> Stan's a legend. Um, first of all, I like working with him. He's, he's really a calm guy. Um, you know, if there's ever a mistake on my part or his part, you know, it's it's usually works out real quickly. Nobody's blaming anybody. He usually he's a man of purpose. You know, it's just all about getting things done properly. And I think you're you ha- if you're good at being equipment manager, you have to care about other people you know your biggest thing when you wake up in the morning is how can i make that person better and that's really the yeah. sign and that's what he does if you have an issue he will work to learn it to to, to improve it and, and make you a better player and that's what you look for in those guys and he has a, a whole lot of that yeah awesome bill thank you so much thank for coming you. Yeah. Out here and- thank you I thought you guys were going to beat me up. This is pretty easy. <laughs> this turned out to be pretty good. Pretty now, fun. when do I get the free furniture? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. more furniture. M O R. The big house, no furniture in it. We need, we're going to need furniture. Okay. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll hook you up. Well, yeah. we appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. And I know, you know, the Coyotes fans were so appreciative and we're really excited about what you're building and looking forward to hopefully getting you back on the show again soon. I know you've been on a few times digitally, so it's yeah. really great yeah, to get you. Yeah, too is when we kill you, by the yeah, way. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's when I leave that yeah. they get me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But thank you all so much for watching. Um, be sure to subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. Subscribe, like, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts as well. Follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms and follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll be live tomorrow night for the post-game show. And until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody.